Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side Side stories. stories. Yes. Where's my motherfucking janties at? What is a janty? Janty, you saw this on Twitter yesterday? It's no. the new fucking, it's, oh, man, it's the new everything, dude. Is it the new Gucci? You're so out of it. What? You gotta get into the culture <laughs> I like I am. You're out, you're out, man. I am I'm out. In. I'm happily out. I like to be out. I'm in the party. You're outside the party jerking off in a bush. Well, honestly, staring through the windows. Whatever. Me, but I'm in the center of that party. And I'm fucking pouring the punch and everyone's like, put a little extra whiskey in there. I mean, I'm like, I didn't bring it for you. I brought it for my fucking family. Well, if you pour I brought the, whiskey for my family. If you family. pour the whiskey in the punch, it's gonna now become communal whiskey. That's the way that works. You can't yell at people for having the punch that you have spiked. You spiked the punch. I do whatever I want to do. It's my party. Uh, not really. I just right, took it Miley. over when I arrived. Oh, no, okay, Miley. are these new. They are. It seems to be. I don't know yet. They're done by this company. I forget. It's like what are they? What is culture. it? it, it think jeans. Think jeans <sighs> plus panties. They are <laughs> no, jean <laughs> panties. So they're jean shorts. They are janties. All right. This they is are I- brief cut. Jorts. No, I don't. This is Side Stories. I'm Ben Kissel. That's Henry Zabrowski. Now, Henry, you actually do wear short shorts. You're like the John Stockton of podcasts. And I have a feeling that you might purchase some of these janties, which seems to me like something that doesn't need to exist. I could do whatever I want. Yeah, I know you can. With my third of the business's money, which is technically <laughs> also kind of fun, is that every single time I spend money, it's like I'm also spending a little portion of your money. Yep, that's right. One could say we're tethered together. If I go and I spend $315. The $315? Yes. Why? The structure. To cover I up- actually don't know why. I actually... I'm going to say, Kissel, that is where it also loses me because it's less material than a full jean because a full jean can cost upwards to like 150 to 200 bucks if you're getting fancy. Yeah. But that, these janties, I guess it's all about the style. The idea is it's a high (sighs) rise, hip, high hip cut jean short Uh that looks sort of like if a Canadian. Had an adult diaper. (laughs) 
All right. Well, now you're selling me on it. I do See? like the Canadian tuxedo. Well, speaking of. You do. I do. I know I do. I know I do. You do, do it all the time. This is how we dress. Now, the denim, because denim is now is rugged, no. and it's comfortable, and it's versatile. Honestly, what denim became was stretchy, because Old Navy, they know their, they know their brand. Technically, I have gained 30 pounds, but I have not gone <laughs> up. I'm still a 38 waist, because Be Old careful. Navy is just like... Keep them stretchy. Keep them Keep stretchy. stretchy. And so Keep I'm like, well, confidence. I'm not even gaining weight. I'm still a 38, 36. I'm fine. You be careful with the Old Navy shit because straight up it is your pants are under pressure and they might pop. Oh, I know. Like, they are. That's the, why the they're adult, stretchy. The old Navy is not built to, to be stretched to its maximum capacity. No, I know. I know. Um, yeah, I'm, your fucking ass is going to fall out. It's not going to fall out. I barely have a Do you a remember butt. at the end of uh, The Great Outdoors when they shot that bear in the ass? Oh, yeah. fucking, That's going to be you. <laughs> that was funny. That's All right. Be you. Well, speaking of denim and speaking of fashion, one of our favorite guys is back in the news. I guess favorite is a loose... He's, a, he's an American character, and had he done nothing wrong... Uh, this man's music would live on, and it still will live on forever, but I think it might be seen as a little bit better. This man's name, of course, is Joe Exotic, and the update here is he has been found guilty, guilty, guilty <laughs> on murder for hire and wildlife charges. He is guilty. He is. He, uh, I guess he defended himself. Oh, he went the Bundy route, did he? He did. So I know that he spoke upon his own behalf, is what they said, <laughs> uh, which I think is very an interesting way of putting it, saying, like, a man who represents himself in court has a fool for a lawyer. I know that. Um, a federal jury on Tuesday convicted a former Oklahoma gubernatorial candidate and zookeeper oh, yeah. in an attempted murder-for-hire plot. Jurors returned the guilty verdict following six days of testimony in the trial of Joseph Allen Maldonado Passage, who is 56, who was accused of trying to arrange the killing of Florida Animal Sanctuary founder Carol Baskin, who criticized his treatment of animals. Baskin wasn't harmed. That's the big thing here. That's, but he tried yeah. to say all of it was funny social media like getting a rise ah, funny out of Carol. Funny banter. Yeah, so he conspired to kill Carol Baskin. And, of course, he was also found guilty of killing five tigers and selling and offering to sell tiger cubs. But, again, Henry, can we just play some of the music to remind us that Joe Exotic, he also has a heart. He also Let's has love. We all do. And you know what? We've all made maybe series of dozens of mistakes sure, in our lives. Sure. You know, how many whole wasted years of booze and to kinky gay sex and murdering tigers <laughs> have we all done? Well, yeah, but I mean, that's not the problem. I think it really is the murdering of uh, the tigers. I think the booze yeah, yes. and, the, and the sex, I think he was just having fun there. That's normal. Although, actually, but- wasn't, wasn't there a theory that he killed his fiance? There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. He is a complicated man. He is. They don't call him Joe Domestic. No. They call him Joe Exotic. <laughs> and let's hear a little bit of, again, remind us of, like, we were all once boys. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Let's go back to the glory days of, I guess we started covering him about five months ago, maybe four months mm-hmm. ago. So back to- I think it was the beginning of this podcast, of, yeah. the, of side stories. All right, let's go back to 2018. Listen to a little Joe Exotic. Drunk and lonely, sitting by the phone. Oh, I love this song. No one to call, no one to hold. Oh, Joe. Should I write a letter? Maybe Don't know, man. take that chance. Mm, take it, baby. Last we all have pain. 
Just picture them just covering each other in mayonnaise. Lamb and asses. Oh, yeah. Having fun. Just 69 in each other while a tiger dies in a cage behind them. Everybody's got a poet's heart deep down inside. I know. No matter what your crimes are. I know. Hitler loved painting pictures of bell towers and... And, and fields of lilies. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of fields of lilies. Hey, that's a high garden. It is. Wow, his his boyfriend is, is fucking tense looking. Oh, yeah. God, I'm getting so hard hearing this. <laughs> I don't know if we could show all of this. Will we be sued by him? I imagine mostly this will be this will be taken down pretty soon. Maybe. All right, one more verse and we can. Here it comes. Oh, nice hat. A million miles later, still stranded in the All right, there it is, Joe Exotic. Wow. You are. My first love. And once again, I am not being satirical. I love that song. I love his voice. And it, it, that song moved me. I almost have a tear. I almost have a tear. Very, very disgusting. No, it's You're a disgusting he's person. A great, he's a great musician. And honestly, other than the killing of the tigers, leave the tigers alone. You're supposed to take care of tigers. Um, and, of course, the arranging to kill this other woman. Although He, tra- he, he arranged to kill a woman. No, but he did is, say it. Yes, is, yes, he did. No, Kissel, but, if you read it, because so he said, no, it all kept to social media. He never truly wanted her dead. However, Maldonado Passage offered $10,000 to an undercover FBI agent to kill Baskin during a December 2017 meeting that was recorded and played for the jury. What? In the recording, he told the agent, just like follow her into a mall parking lot and just cap her and drive off. All right, so that's not his best. Is that work. a bit? No, but Maldonado and passes. Then, and then this is he what he did said. That meeting, Henry Point. And then he went on John Oliver's last week tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. You see, uh, Maldonado Passage also said, Joe Exotic also said he was just playing along because he believed he was being set up and wanted to gather information. That is Joe Exotic's excuse or uh, defense that he was playing along to gather information to protect Miss Baskin. It all makes sense, Henry. I will say it does. Man, it's always the most complicated story. That's always the one that's true. Yes. Always. And it. I always think it's also great in court to take the Pete Townsend defense. It seems to really, <laughs> it really always holds. Oh, yeah. Being like, I was just researching crimes. Mm-hmm. And like, no, 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 no. No one asked you to do this. No. I don't think Mrs. Baskin would ask you to say, hey, um, Joe Exotic, you know how we hate each other online? Yep, but I'm as gay as a black tiger. I mean, like, no, I know that, I know that, but just remember, um, uh, can you find out how easy it would be to kill me? Yes, and then like, Joe- she sent him out yes. to do it. 
And then Joe Exotic, he put on his mullet thinking hair, and he said, yeah, you know what? I am going to figure this out. He went to the FBI. The FBI all worked. If anything, my understanding, and hey, you can say whatever you want about me. Maybe I'm being hyperbolic. The FBI are the people who wanted to kill Miss Baskin. They're the ones who got all the cash. They were the ones who hired the hitman. The FBI should be on the trial. The FBI should be on stand on the stand. We need to talk about the deep state trying to kill these animal rights activists. If I was Joe Exotic and I was his lawyer, that's what I would have done. Do you need a drunk defense attorney? <laughs> Call Benjamin Grant Kissel because he will yell at any judge as long as he honestly, is inside a courtroom. Honestly. And he, I'll tell you what, all you got to do is pay him in literal peanuts. Whatever. I love peanuts. Skating Dennis, my favorite bar is free peanuts. That's my favorite but part But you about are it. talking about a dangerous line of thinking. Well, what I am talking about is a defense that gets Joe Exotic out of lockup, out of prison, because let's be honest, a sensitive soul like Mr. Joe Exotic, other than, again, killing the Tigers and setting up this uh, this uh, murder for hire, again, the FBI. All of really the things the he's guilty of. Yeah, all of the things, things that he's guilty of, yeah. Besides all of that, Besides Joe Exotic's all that, a fun guy. He is going, Absolutely. He's just too sensitive for prison. He's going to, I mean, he's honestly, not. it's going to. He is not. He is not. He is going to do well in prison. Well, Honestly, I think he's going to do very well in prison. Uh, I think he probably could go there for a little while just to kind of get his head straight a little bit. Well, get ready for that 2020 run. Because if he can <laughs> get his shit together by then, maybe he'll be out for a good time. Because they said he could get up to 20 years. Oh, my goodness. But I am not I sure guess. if he'll get the full book at him because he's just too much fun. And they know they need to keep him in the general population because we are clamoring for more well, Joe Exotic. And, of course, you know, it took... When Johnny Cash really, now obviously Johnny Cash was never behind the bars. He got to sing in prisons for fun more. Uh, but, uh, you know, Joe Exotic, he's going to have some years to get some prison grizzle. He's already a great oh. country music star. I wouldn't be surprised. He comes out of lockup and he's got some prison tunes that shake you to your boots. And he's the next Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, it's him straight up being like, I don't even drop the soap. I throw the soap. He threw the soap. And just have a song called Throw in the Soap. Which I would listen to. And that's... By the way, an epidemic in the U.S. prison system that should not be joked about, Mr. Zabrowski. I'll do whatever I gotta fucking do. All right. I also understand low-hanging fruit is my orchard. Mm, That's where I belong. That's what I do. It's also sort of another euphemism for dropping the soap. Um, But there we go. All right. I had a couple low-hanging fruits. Okay. Now, I'll talk about a second. I don't even want to talk about briefly. We should cover it. Thomas Cocorella. Oh, yeah, sure. Thomas Cocorellas, who was a member of the Chicago Ripper crew. I'm only... See, he's been released from prison, yes. uh, which is because he was convicted for one of the murders. I believe it was because he is mentally handicapped. I'm not quite sure. They were said they were they were trying to release him last year, but it was difficult to release him because they didn't have any housing for him. But I am only just peripherally aware of the Chicago Ripper. Crew. Right. I know that it was a four man team. Mm-hmm. I know that it was cult like murders that involved almost of this. I believe there was 17 victims of so 17 women. One dude that was shot. It seemed to be just for fun. Mm. They were uh, they fell apart from the inside, sort of kind of like the Hillside Stranglers, mm-hmm. where the two of them kind of the infighting is what made the group fall apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the Beatles. Um, but I don't really? want to say that they are like the... I'd say they're more of the traveling Wilburys of serial killers. Oh, my goodness. Supergroups never work, by the way. Isn't that weird? Supergroups never work. They never really do. So strange. 
Because it's hard to put them all in one room. But I'll tell you what, I love seeing Jeff Lynn sing anytime. Right. And I, I think he's blind. I'm not sure. Huh. Did not know that. He, he never does take he never takes his sunglasses off. Okay. But I, I want to come back and talk about the story when we do the Chicago Rippers on last podcast. Sure. Because this requires a big deep dive. There's a lot of shit here. A lot of that stuff we need so, to get through. Yeah, what we what we do know now, just again, as Henry was said, just kind of skimming the topic a little bit. Cocorellis, he's now fifty-eight years old. So he was quite young when these murders occurred. I believe he was the youngest. Uh, mm-hmm. He pleaded guilty in 1982 to the murder of a 21-year-old. Her name was Lori, Lorraine, uh, Lori Ann Borowski. She's out of Elmhurst. She was abducted and slain while walking in while walking to work in broad daylight on Friday. Members of her family said they will spend the rest of their lives looking over their shoulder. According to uh, Lorraine Borowski, I'm assuming it's her mother. She says he can find us in any second. Um, she goes on to say, I'm afraid for my family and my community. He does have to register as soon as he finds a place. He's got to register and be like, I'm here, everyone. The yes. Chicago Ripper is here. Um, so and everyone's going to be like, yay. I don't know what he's he, what so kind excited. Of, <laughs> so there is a lot of controversy because um, uh, because of the gruesomeness of the crimes. But uh, it seems as if he was perhaps he remi- what's the we, we never found the guy. Uh, Brendan. Brendan Dash, Dashy was it for my uh, making a murderer? Brendan, I believe so. It's something like that. But he was involved with the crimes. Now they're just trying to say that they are trying to give him time served, right? Because right. he is he's a little bit slow, That's and he's saying. in jail, and they're trying to they're trying to like. Which I I mean I don't know what you say about that. I I don't know what my opinion is on. Well, that. these are these are the hard subjects. You know, this is why. Um, Criminal justice is so difficult to talk about or, or uh, you know, to uh, to uh, discuss policies about because, you know, this I understand the family of this woman is like, maybe he shouldn't come out because we're still alive. And I'm horrified that he's a crazy ma- man maniac who killed well, he was daughter, a part so. of a group of murderers right. that were it was heavily premeditated. They were highly sadistic. They did horrible uh, sexual mutilations mixed with torture. It is a it's a rough story. Right. So the uh, the idea that he is let go is very difficult. It's sort of like anytime one of the Manson family right. comes up for parole mm. where it's really just the straight up severity of the crime right. that wigs people out, which I understand. And I don't, I'm, again, I don't really know how I feel. And like, also, I mean, he's been in jail for 40 years, so he's he has been cool in it. I don't think it's good for him to be out of jail. Not, I'm not even talking about for society. I'm talking about for his fucking ass. I feel like after you've been so institutionalized, what do you do? On the yeah, outside. I, I don't know what skill sets. Apparently, he did graduate from, like, the, the high school-type programs they have there. And according to the prison officials, he's been a model prisoner, and uh, they say he's completely rehabilitated. And, again, that is the point of our prison system is to rehabilitate. So, in some ways, you could see this as a success story if he is able to go and be a functioning member of society and give back. Uh, his brother, I believe, was, was his brother, I do believe, was put to death. Um, a few yes. years back, so he was the last person yes. uh, executed by the state of of Illinois. My question is: is what is rehabilitated when you are when you have been in jail for forty years? I, like, how are you rehabilitated 
to go back into society after you... I mean, you have gotten well, used to this world. As, you've gotten used to prison. You've gotten used to the the lockdown. And and you've created a functioning mm-hmm. life on the inside. How, how what it, Doesn't everything fucking change well, as we talked when you about, leave? Well, as we talked about when we were driving through the beautiful state of Ohio. Beautiful. What, beautiful. What a beautiful drive really between was. Cleveland and Cincinnati. It is not. It is no, it's not, not. bad. It's, no, honestly, it's the Cincinnati awful. skyline was very pretty when you turn that corner on the highway and you see everything. That was a surprise. That was a surprise. But as as you mentioned, Henry, the Waffle House. Waffle House has hired a lot of ex-cons to be chefs and stuff like that. So there are opportunities. And I've never had a bad meal at a Waffle House. And you House. never had a bad meal. So there you go. That's possible. Perhaps Thomas uh, Cocorellis will be making your waffle and fries or whatever the hell. You, I've never been to a Waffle man, House. so if, I hope so. <laughs> man, I, I, I really hope so. Uh, I want to talk about this case very, very quickly, very perfunctorily, but I want to go through this because there's a lot of moving parts here. Okay. So in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, a woman by the name of Barbara Rogers has been found guilty of third-degree murder. Hmm. She was accused of shooting and killing her boyfriend uh, because of his involvement in an alien cult. Okay. A man named Stephen Maneo uh, belonged to a basically a Facebook group that was managed by a woman named Sherry Schreiner Mm. uh, that uh, kept a sort of massive kind of Facebook messaging system talking with people. She had had several podcasts, uh, recently has passed on to the other side. Okay. Um, And her job, what she basically was of the member of a group, she was a member of a, of a, uh, essentially a group that she had founded saying that she received messages saying that she was trying to protect the world from the reptilian onslaught with the help of our beautiful President Donald Trump, who's the only one that can uncover the problem inside of the White House. Um, but basically, Stephen Maneo was uh. was a uh, an acolyte of Sherry Schreiner, okay. who um, was a difficult woman, who at some point... They all were together, right? So they would go on these things called Oregon missions, where Sherry Schreiner would get these visions. Uh-huh. And she would send various people out to create these organ batteries, right? To essentially uh, flood areas with positive energy. Oh, because okay. that's how you get rid of reptilians, right? There's a lot of stuff to unpack here. So like the opposite of what Alex Jones does. They were trying to spread positivity and love and, and try to kill the reptilians with kindness. Is, is that the approach that they were taking? I mean, it was getting pretty intense, especially when you look at the wall of documents she created, which is stuff like, because she takes everything from the book of Revelation. Okay. So we have a teach me how to pray, which we say here. And then they say um, planet rehab, how to get rid of the super soldiers, because they say they started randomly naming people as super soldiers that need to be eliminated. Like uh, that were people that were members of the deep state. There were human transplants of the reptilians that would essentially fight for the reptilians. They were traitors to our kind. Like John Wick or Jason Bourne. It seems like they get a lot of their ideas from kind of hackier action movies. Not that there's anything wrong with John Wick or Jason John Bourne. Wick's I kind of like wonderful. both of those. Yeah, I like both of those movies. But it, but if you look at her websites, we've got. I'm trying to find the actual. So Stephen Maneo. Uh, 
work with her quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, because the idea was that you have to go, because uh, Argon Waller, so we have here, you have to defeat them with these, you have to defeat the incoming aliens mm-hmm. with these ether energy orgone blasters where they teach you how to build them. Um, and it requires a lot of aluminum and weird like chemicals and shit. It's like oh. it's not it's not healthy. Like, so Steven Mineo was like her acolyte. They used to hang out late down on Facebook and talk. And eventually she started dating a woman. OK. Uh, Barbara Rogers. And what this, what Sherry Schreiner told him was that Barbara Rogers was a reptilian and was going to kill him. She was a psychic vampire in her words. Interesting. So they were making Steven, these, so they were making sort of, have you ever been to Tony Bartlett's robot world in Wisconsin Dells? No. It's, it sounds like they were making one of those. It's a lot of aluminum, really not functioning robots, um, not nearly as nefarious as Marty. Thanks for all the Marty photos, by the way, and all that. And by the way, someone just sent me a message saying that someone... Uh, one employee did try to stab Marty, and it looks like she's facing se- serious, serious jail time. So I apologize if I inspired that Marty assassination attempt, although I do hate Marty, and if you do see one, throw water on it. We have to stop asking people to kill Marty's. <laughs> we have to stop, because this is the shit that happens. She told Mineo, your girlfriend's a psychic vampire. Okay. And he was just like, you don't know her. You don't know her, right? Because it, this is what Facebook, this is what it corrupts people into. It's uh-huh. this weird high school scenario, but you're, everybody's fucking 44. Right, so right. So they, they leave. It eventually starts this massive flame war between Barbara Rogers, Stephen Mineo, and the Sherry Shriner group. Uh. Where it starts with Sherry Schreiner taking a picture of Barbara Rogers with a she's want to say mm, look at she took up a picture of a, a steak tartare where Barbara Ooh. Rogers was at a restaurant and she was like mm, steak tartare and Sherry Schreiner's like look at this reptilian bitch she's eating raw meat only reptilians want to eat raw meat well, that's not, right? that's not true steak tartare is great other than the it's place delicious. we went it went what was that cleveland <laughs> one of the worst restaurants we've i don't want to talk about no, never go to that fucking what was that called the greenhouse tavern what was that place called literally the worst meal i've ever had in my fucking life and i'm like i think i'll get the raw fish or i, I was like I'll, I'll get the raw meat here at this place and then we went to another place and they're like oh yeah they got a bunch of rats in the basement of that place i'm like well i'm really happy i went with the tartare option but slowly but surely all of this shit worked into Stephen Mineo's mind. Okay. And I'm going to put Stephen Mineo, unfortunately. Whoa. Let's say we're all, you and me are operating at a seven. Uh-huh. I'm going to put him at a solid four. Okay. And well, so he explained to Barbara Rogers, there's something going on inside of my mind. Uh-huh. I am in the center of a war of these two uh, opposing forces. So I guess at one night, Rogers and Mineo, they were out at a nearby bar in Coolbog Township, or Kuba. 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 Until 2 a.m., Rogers says the couple had a few drinks, but they weren't drunk. And once they got home, the victim suggested they go into the woods behind their house and shoot his gun. Now, I have to say this, though. Henry, quick quick question. We're in Coolbaw Township. It's 2 a.m. How much credibility do you give to the idea that they were somehow not drunk? There I is give no absolutely way. zero credibility. They were that they were ha- not shit house hammered. They were hammered. Now I think they everyone else is also hammered. So I don't think that they realized that they were that hammered. You know, whenever you're really drunk and like maybe you get too drunk at a brunch and then you're like, ah, oh, shit, I have to go run an errand, and then you find yourself in a in a uh, Old Navy or a Barnes and Noble or a Trader Joe's, and you realize you are so hammered. 
Dude, we saw it in Cincinnati. Cincinnati was the perfect example of a bunch of people just out on a Wednesday being like, I'm not drunk. But it's like 1.30 in the morning and everybody has to go to work. It was like Everyone. a whole group of office people. Yes, exactly. But everybody, you view yourself being like, well, I'm not him. And it's just a guy who is upside down, show up to his shoulders <laughs> in a toilet. You know, like just like with his feet doing a handstand up against right. the wall. So they go back inside the house after shit hammered or shooting at trees. Rogers claimed that they were in the bedroom when Stephen Maneo put the gun to his own head, wrapped her hands around the weapon, mm. and told her to pull the trigger. According to investigators, Rogers called 911 to report the shooting. She told dispatchers, my boyfriend had a gun. He told me to hold it here and press the trigger, and oh my God, he's dead. And oh my God, he's dead. That is. The she m- said she didn't know the gun was loaded, Okay, even though they were just shooting it. And she said it was a horrible accident. Now, Sherry Schreiner continued to go on to fucking roast this woman on her own show, (laughs) calling her a psychic vampire bitch and trying to explain about how, like, that's how it shows her psychic powers are are super attuned and how she has been, um, she has warded off assassins time and time again. If you really want to have a nice... Like, confusing, listen. Go to SherryShriner.com and listen to one of her five podcasts. Because she has five different podcasts all ranting off the same fucking horseshit. But what a, she is building a network. And if only she had lived, she could have had it purchased by Spotify. Absolutely. Um, They're spending 500 million bucks to acquire spo- uh, podcast networks. Uh, coming it, up this year. You could really pick it up. You could really get some stuff. She wrote a number of books called Interview with the Devil was one. One oh. was called Aliens on the Internet. Another one called Bible Codes Revealed, which she stole from the History Channel. But she has a lot of shit to say. And then, But for somehow, she didn't foresee her own death by heart disease. That's very bizarre. Only a doctor oh, can do that, I guess. All right, interesting. So. Well... There's that little story, and I guess we'll have a sentence in at some point, so we'll probably have an update in the near future, near-ish future. Or, you know, the prisons or the the uh, justice system works a little slow, but we'll see. But she has got. If you go to her YouTube account, her YouTube account's really fun. Like it has, uh, you know, like fun titles like "When Clones Malfunction," "The Fakes Among Us," uh, "Trump versus China Gate," "Trump and UN Gate." Oh, a uh, lot of gates. A lot of gates, each one, and she is just popping off. And she, but she will talk about Barbara Rogers a great deal. She does not like Barbara Rogers. It doesn't because she like felt it. that Barbara Rogers had stolen. Because to her, Stephen Maneo was one of her children. Ah, uh, okay. So this is sort of like a uh, entertainment tonight for for internet quacks. There's a, there's a little there's a little celebrity feud going on here. Uh, also. This is just the fucking, which is what happens on Facebook. Oh, yeah. It's what happens. Everybody curdles. Why does this happen every time with these groups, the Facebook groups and the message boards? I know people are lonely and you want to make friends. I totally get that the internet relationships can be just as real if you can pan them into yeah. real life relationships. Well, but why does it turn to fucking murder? All right. Well, we're not going to solve that here. That's a whole nother can of worms. Fix um, it. You solve it. I'll fix it. Um, all right. So that's a quick little tale there. Very interesting. We have reptilians. We have Meredith. We have uh, heart disease. But every Take care one of, of her websites go back to orgonblasters.com <laughs> to build these orgon. 
I don't know. Why we need Oregon. I get asked all the time. This is an essay by her. Why do we need Oregon by Sherry Schreiner? Hmm, why? I get asked all the time, why should we make Oregon? It's the same question I keep asking myself until I realize why y'all kept leading me to it. So I could protect myself and others without having to constantly stay alert. Without ever taking a break from all my enemies constantly trying to attack and kill me. Isn't it interesting that her life is so much more boring than she wants it to be? That's all that is. There are no enemies. Fly from your grave. Fly from your grave. All right. Well, uh, speaking of, well, I guess nah, nah, it's not really a segue to this, um, but drama students. Henry was a drama student. And a lot of people say, oh, the theater kids. Drama school never stops. Drama school never stops. A lot of people say, oh, the theater kids, they're not violent. Um, they just like to play act. You know, they're never, they're out there, they're doing, they're, they're not drinking the booze at the bars. But in reality, theater kids are into sexual intercourse parties. You literally did, you don't think that theater kids didn't drink? No, All I know what they do. Drink and everybody had orgies. That's what I'm saying. Sexual intercourse parties. That's all the theater kids do. It's it's a it's like a it's like a, a a bizarre horny nunnery. I mean, it's very it's strange. But this drama student, he allegedly stabbed two classmates while acting out a scene from the butterfly effect. The a University of Hartford drama student allegedly stabbed two of his classmates at around 1:30 p.m. on Sunday. Police were dispatched to the college after receiving reports of two people stabbed. A spokesman for the Hartford police told People magazine, so you can trust it. This is people. When they arrived, officers found two young men suffering from stab wounds in a dorm room. Both victims were taken to St. Francis Hospital, one listed in critical but uh, stable condition, and the other was listed in stable condition. Following the discovery, the institution was placed on lockdown, and this dude was arrested. He's a 20-year-old. His name is Jake Washer, and he was found in a wooded area south of the university. This is according to the police. They say, the suspect was acting out a scene from a movie in which a person or persons get stabbed, at which point he began to stab both victims before fleeing on foot. So we got this here. This is, if the Washington Post also does a good breakdown of it. When the University of Hartford students gathered in an on-campus apartment Sunday, they were there to work on a class assignment, filming a stabbing scene from a movie, according to a copy of a police report obtained. Which, can we say that's a, str- that's a strange assignment? Can we just say that's a strange assignment for the teacher to be like, find a stabbing scene and, and, <laughs> and film it? I think this all starts with fucking Washer. This was maybe sort of planned. Okay. I don't think that the... the assignment was to film a stabbing scene. I think it was to film a scene from a movie. (laughs) But what began as a reenactment took a real-life turn when one of the students, 21-year-old Jake Washer, allegedly attacked two of his peers with a kitchen knife because he was into his character and (laughs) acted a little too hard. One person who was stabbed has since been discharged from the hospital while the other remains in intensive care. But I mean, because what this is University of Hartford. Now this isn't Hartford though, right? What what is this? Not Harvard. No, this is Hartford, Connecticut. I don't understand. Oh, he didn't even go after the fucking actors. Armed with what one witness described as a six or seven inch long kitchen knife, Washer allegedly went after the project's director, a 21-year-old male, stabbing him in the chest and the arm when a 19-year-old student in the room yelled at Washer to stop. The reported alleges that he turned his attention to the male classmate, who then stabbed him. So it wasn't even like his the guy he was supposed to stab. No, and He just started stabbing a director. And of course, I don't think the 
that film students or drama students usually act out Ashton Kutcher movies, but this Not indeed is that the butterfly effect. There is no like um, other version of it than the Ashton Kutcher. Movie. I do like yes. Now I like how each one says butterfly effect. The Ashton Kutcher vehicle being like oh that one. I love it. So a different witness who was cooking in the dorm room during the alleged incident told police that they heard screams coming from the 21-year-old's bedroom. When they went to see with a commotion, uh, they allegedly saw a 6- to 7-inch knife in the 19-year-old's chest. So he took this very seriously. Washer was taken into custody. He's being held on a million-dollar bail. Um, when Damn. Washer was found in the woods after fleeing the scene, police, ca- police claim he said to them, uh, that quote he was curious what it would be like to stab someone, and uh, I guess that's what it's like. Just know this: if you're in an acting conservatory, and the guy who is obviously the weird dude of the class, because a lot of times you don't get to choose who your scene partner is going to oh, be. No, it's like a sign to you. But if he pitches, like, "Hey, I've got an idea. Let's do this scene where I fucking kill you in it." You it, don't do it. Don't do the scene. Absolutely Because there's many other ways to do the scene. There's many other scenes to do. Well, you just got to make sure it's a rubber knife. You got to grab the knife. Rubber. Make sure it's rubber. Or one of those knives that, uh, like, at the spring. So it kind of goes into the into the handle there, not into your chest. So the University of Hartford campus community, uh, this is a statement from the university. The University of Hartford campus community is deeply saddened by the serious incident involving the assault of two students on campus this afternoon. Uh, the Hartford current, uh, current has said they can't, uh, to the best of their knowledge, this dude doesn't have a criminal history, and the allegations against him are inconsistent with his behavior both here and in California, but it seems like it might be kind of consistent um, with his behavior because uh, he, he didn't want to stab someone, and then he did yeah, 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 I think it is pretty consistent with his behavior also. So he didn't stab people before, no. and he's stabbing people now, so it's not consistent with his behavior. Well, yeah, because you have to start stabbing people. If you're going to be stabbing people with your life, right? you'd have to start it at some point. Yeah, and he wanted to start it here. Maybe he thought it was a free get-out-of-jail. You know, we talk about Matthew Lillard and Scream all the time. Maybe he thought this is how you can do it, and perhaps he thought he was just going to win some acting award. But the irony is with acting, much like professional wrestling, you're not supposed to actually hurt him. It's supposed to look like you do, and that is why it's not real. Also, no casting people are coming to the University of Hartford. Nobody knows what's happening there. You got to move to New York. You got to move to Los Angeles. And you got to be willing to take your top off. Yeah. Well, God knows I had to do that. I had a horrible audition where they cast me as a jock that played hockey. And uh, I was in there with a lot of beefcakes. This is when I first got here. A lot of Mm. beefcakes. And uh, those people know I lost 160 pounds, gained about 30 of it back, but that's fine. Um, No, yeah. You did it on uh, with with cocaine and white wine spritzers. I, I did it with the Subway diet. I can't say it was the Jared diet because he's a pedophile, but I did it with the Subway diet. Yeah, you did the whole thing where you just burn calories wanting to fuck kids and not No, be I did able not. To. Oh, right. You're a, you're a pervert. Anyway, I went into an audition. And you know what they had me to do? I mean, there were all these big muscular, like, Triple H type people, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And they said, yes. take off your shirt, guys, and spin oh, around. Yeah. And I took off my shirt and I spun around. And you know what they did? They clapped. Because they said, because you were you were brave, yeah. Because I was so brave, and they're like, "Congratulations for losing all the weight." As my body looked like a melted candle on day four, and um, it was really devastating, and it's still traumatizing. But you know what? That's acting, folks. That's the you know one what you thing. Need to do acting. That is it. These auditions suck. 
you need to write a show called Trill 2. <laughs> and then just put it all together. It's just you just being like, yeah, they call me big, but now I'm taking it out on society. And uh-huh. it's just you knocking over mailboxes and grabbing, like, very, horse police. Uh, oh, I, I want to go up. Speaking of horse police. All right. Never found anything like this. Dismembered horse found in disc golf course. Oh. The old in disc Kansas golf. City, Missouri, one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. Kansas City officials said they found pieces of a dismembered horse uh, all over a disc golf course, uh-huh. which I didn't even know they still had those. I thought they only no. had those on like on colleges. I thought disc golf courses were solely there as refuge for weed smokers. That's you what know, I used it for. Oh yeah, that's what I I did. I played d- disc golf one time, and uh, I just kind of stopped halfway through, and yeah, just smoked a J, and was like, it's nice to be out in nature. I don't know why we have to throw this frisbee, but. But this shit's weird. Authorities said the remains were found near the Kessler Park's 17th hole. Never found anything like this, said Alan Ashurst, <laughs> an illegal dumping investigator for the city. I mean, uh, you better be careful if he ever comes by the studio, because Wait, I wonder if he could just declare any dumping to be illegal. Hold if he on. Wants to be. Hold on. His last name is Ashurst, and he's in charge of illegal dumping? <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Uh, uh, it's still funny to me, damn it. It's still funny him, to man. me. Uh, A man playing frisbee golf found the dismembered animal, which must have been fucking frightening for him. Oh, yeah. Because he shows up. He's got a soft hat on like he's one of the spin doctors. Oh, yeah. And then he discovered a severed head, two dismembered legs with the feet cut off with the hooves separate. A pile of organs, a rib cage completely cleaned of meat, and a spine. But what's concerning is that they found none of the rest of the horse. Where's the rest of the horse? It is in somebody's belly, or it's the salami I ate last week. I know. And evidently, Marcus is also dabbling in horse meat. I don't know what the hell is going on with my friends. Everyone is changing, and at, at some point, it's going to lead to you to have some bizarre horse disease that we didn't know existed, but all of a sudden, uh, everyone's getting hooves for hands. and uh, Horny uh, horse Horny syndrome. horse disease, whatever the heck it is. Um, Potentially, whoever may have dumped this animal may have used the rest of the meat for some other purposes that's unknown at this point in time. Thank you, James Donovan, animal control special investigator. Really cracked police work there. There it is. I love it. So the horse was found on the 17th hole. And uh, Ashurst said, this is the one and only time I've ever been called to this location for any sort of dumping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for him. Well, what a day. What a day. Oh, wow. You get the wow. feeling. It's a big day for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like w- when you're a detective, you're working homicide, you go home, you drink whiskey. I think Ashurst, who works in dumping, goes home, maybe drinks a Fernet. Something a little bit lighter. A but port. also A port. A nice, a, yeah, a nice port. But something to... You know, kind of cure the demons that must be flying around his brain on a regular basis, uh, given the hard life of a dumper. And according to this article, normally when a horse dies, the owner will bury it on their land, mm-hmm. but it can't be within 300 feet of any water source or neighbors. Rolling Acres Pet Cemetery said that rendering plants won't take horses from properties anymore because they are considered pets and some are euthanized with chemicals and medications. Using a cemetery to cremate or bury a horse can cost anywhere from $750 to more than three grand. Ooh. It's very uncommon come to a city park and discover these items being discarded. Not by normal means necessary, Donovan said again, who is just crushing it.
wow. in this article. Well, I mean, this is yeah. a, this is a pretty big story. It's been picked up by Kansas City Star, by KMBC Kansas City, by Fox Two. Now, I mean, this story is making the Kansas City waves here. And uh, again, if you're going to be out there playing disc golf, you are on the front lines of dumping. And if you see anything dumped, you got to clear up that. Take your visine, get that red out of your eyes, because you need to be trustworthy and you need to be loyal. And the cops have to trust you that you're going to tell well, them the truth. And if you don't dump all these horse parts, where do they go? Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, that's the kind of the strain. Where are you supposed to put them if they're not, you know, taking? I don't know. According to Captain uh, Tim Hernandez of the Kansas City Police Department, he said the field, the the horse had been field dressed for consumption after mm. the meat was removed from the carcass, was placed in a barrel and dumped in the park. So somewhere we just have to go find the person who's like super happy and full of horse meat. I guess maybe we can do a thing, right? Because you know how they used to they do the no questions asked gun returns, sure, or like the the needle give outs, right? No questions no asked. No questions asked. Can't yeah. can't there just be one free area of this country that's just called like dump town, where you sure. could go like a, like an entire city where anybody who's got something to dump can put it all there, right? And then you can fr- people can for free come and take it, yeah. right? I don't know if it works like this, where you're going to have a big free-range dump Uh huh. where anybody who has anything extra and can all go, and it goes to this one area, right, and all just in this one big park, and then maybe what you could do is charge to pay for the rent of the space. You charge so people can go run around and look through it, like the way well, Marcus would. Yeah, or maybe maybe people are hungry, and we have a lot of discarded food in this country, and maybe they could... Uh, use it for for their own consumption so they don't die of starvation. According to uh, the dude who found it, he said, it was disgusting. He said, I would have been mortified, God forbid, if it would have been on a Saturday or a Sunday and there would would have been kids playing in the park and they would have seen that. He said, what was disturbing to me, I could only imagine if an 8 or 10-year-old child saw that. But I'm going to say this, if an 8 or 10-year-old saw that, I think they would love it. Cool. Yeah. That's what they'd say. Because I remember when I found a bunch of chicken bones, I was like, there was a time period in New York where there was a massive influx of the Haitian community into my neighborhood. And I'd go to Forest Park in Queens, and they, there was a, a Voudon site that was cleared out by the police, and they had police tape all around it. And the whole thing was soaked in blood, and there was chicken bodies all over it. Cool. That was, we were just like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, eight to ten year olds would love it. Mm-hmm. It's really just the pansy ass thirty year olds that can't handle it. Yeah. Or you're over there, or you've just been fucking eating a bunch of edibles, and we're like, let's fucking do some ultimate today, bro. And then you go out there, and you got your bee, and you got your fucking, you're ready to fucking swing that shit. Right. And all of a sudden, it's just horse meat everywhere. You're gonna f- get freaked out. Let's be, let's care for the stoners. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And basically, I don't know, the investigation doesn't seem to be going very far. The The biggest issue, according to one of the investigators, would be like, if if it was uh, determined that the horse was stolen, then they've got a real crime on their hands. But right now, again, looks like they just got a dumping. So, Kansas City, baby. Honestly, when these are your crime stories, things are actually going good. That's, that's, Things are that. technically fine when this is the the scariest thing that happens in your neighborhood. Absolutely. But I don't think it is, because I think Kansas City is pretty for real, real. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. I wouldn't mess with it. Um, All right. Well, I think we're, we're nearing the end here of this week's side stories. I guess just one thing. This is more of a PSA. Uh, this is a news story. A college student got into a car she thought was an Uber, but it was not, and she was found dead in a field. She was 21 years old. She got into a black Chevy Impala. Uh, then she was found 
around. I believe it was 90 miles away in the woods. Um, absolutely horrifying. So be sure to check the license plate on your Uber and your Lyft um, because it is extremely scary. I've done this before where I've opened up a car door. And You're thankfully, like, I'm six take foot me, seven. Yeah. Take me where I'm going, man. And so the people in the car were visibly shook. But like, if ah, I was a 21-year-old, more petite ah. person, yeah, I'd be like, oh, sorry about that. You're not an Uber. Um, but it, you have to be careful getting into these Uber. Make sure that it is your Uber because I've heard about these stories have been going on for a long time. This whole trolling stuff. This is what serial killers do. I mean, Gary Bridgeway would have probably been a fake Uber driver. I bet you he would have pulled a stunt like this. You ju- like, honestly, that is true. And same thing with, uh, I think Ed Kemper probably would have been yeah. an Uber driver as well. You got to make sure that you are getting into a car. You got to check it. And also, when you're in the car, this is a big thing too. And I, I think Kessel knows this. Yeah, it's different for you. Don't fall asleep. No, no, don't you fucking do it. fall asleep in that car because then they can do whatever they want to. They'll they'll diddle with you. They'll go through your pockets. We'll they'll fucking a, they'll take a picture. They'll pull their pants down to show well, their butt. There was, and put it next to your face and take a picture of it. There was a story about six or seven years ago. There was a sex trafficking ring in Queens where they were abducting young girls. Uh, well, they were in their early twenties, drugging them to the point where they were totally incapacitated, and it was like in somebody's attic, like in a small house in Queens, like. Anyway, the woman's, uh, the victim is Samantha Josephson. Uh, so that's very, very sad. So anyway, just be careful with those Ubers. Um, and, uh, just make sure that they are indeed your ride home, not, uh, not someone, not a monster that's gonna hurt you. Now, I have a good quote from a man of my stature that's important to remember within, I think it's good for Kissel and I remember because we run a business, we're small business owners. Mm-hmm. And it's important to remember, Napoleon says, I am sometimes a fox and sometimes a lion. The whole secret of government lies in knowing when to be the one or the other. Napoleon, though, was actually relatively tall uh, for that he was, time No, period. he was just my height. But that was actually tall for that time period. It was a normal height. I don't even know where the Napoleon thing all came. Why, would, why did we make up this whole lie that he was super short? It was propaganda to uh, make fun of him. Ah. Because he was too busy crushing it, which is why when people come at me for my size, I know it's because they're just jealous of the fact that I shoot nothing but threes uh-huh. all day. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say about you. And of course, uh, this is uh, a quote that uh, another Ben Kissel quote here uh, that I have told Henry before, but he didn't listen to me. So I'm going to tell him again and I'm going to solidify it for all to hear. Success. It's not about stressing for success. It's about striving for success. Don't strive for success. Don't stress for success. Strive for success. You've because never it- spent a day not stressed in your life. No, uh, no, I'm doing much better. You're literally upset every single day when you wake up to when you go to sleep. No, no, that's called striving for success. Not st- I'm, life happens whether you're stressed out or not. It all just is that when you're texting around. me at two a.m. your time saying everything's falling apart. <laughs> No, that's what I'm grabbing random. That's what I'm stressing for success. People at the bar being like, tell me how to make it. (laughs) Tell me how to make it. (laughs) But it's important to remember to enjoy it while it lasts, man, because we only got this one fucking go around this sun, bro. That's it. I know it. it. No, I honestly, I don't scream. I usually just uh, look at sad messages and then I... Anyway, don't stress for success. <laughs> Strive. Where for was that success. going? Where was that going? That's my question. Uh, I say, and I saw Lords of Chaos last night. Finally, oh, really? that was really good. You know what I saw? And have you seen us yet? We're not going to spoil it or anything. But have you seen us yet? I really liked us. I loved it. 
I think that they put a lot of stuff in there, but I do think that there was a, the fucking all the action in it was fucking incredible. Yeah, it was so fun, and I liked the way that they marbled in the humor in a much more intelligent. Not that Little Rail was amazing and Get Out, but this I was don't like know. The humor I was felt kind of that in in it, I thought it was very funny. Personally, I felt that the humor in Get Out was more successful. Really, and then this for me, it kind of it took me out sometimes. Oh, but interesting. I uh, but the film was gorgeous oh and the peter nyong'o oh my is god fucking killer oh, in that yeah. movie highly recommend it and we'll probably we we'll talk about it but we got to give you at least another you have to see it within a month you have one month otherwise we're going to spoil it but at some point it's just going to be spoiled so i'd love to talk about it it is such a because there's a lot to unpack a lot to unpack um all right so see us and uh let's see any other movie recommend level 16 again greta still great but uh those oh are greta ones. was wonderful i just want to say thank you to everybody that reached out to me about how to get weed in canada oh. i was only there in such a small small period of time and i literally just wandered into that that illegal drug den that i went to I which was- i knew was funky when i walked in because it was like still very old school and it, it did feel like going into an old-timey saloon which i loved and i miss it yeah because in los angeles all the weed stores are so slick now i know everything's very put together it's very highly packaged which i think is good for the it's good for the industry can i ask because this, though, it makes it more legit when it comes to weed stores in la yes i love them but why the community? Why so much talking between the client and the, and the person giving? I had to wait in line for thirty minutes, and there was one person in front of me and two people at the checkout. But the whole time, it was only it, three. It was I was the fourth person, and they just kept on talking and talking. I'm like, just get the we- go, get the weed and go. I'll put it this way: people are excited. Okay. No matter what, I still haven't gotten over it. I slide and go, and there's a lot of people that go into a weed store for the first time, and it's all of this, like, it's all, like, between the numbers of the grams, and then you see, like, shatter, you see all these, like, words that you don't know, and then you just saw it being like, I remember I used to get weed from a guy named Gronk. Yeah. That used to behind a a dumpster. Do you have that weed? Like, those are people (laughs) asking, people are asking those questions. All right, I'm just, it just takes a long, it takes a little bit long. That's all I'm going to say. But it does. It is It, it does. is always great, and I wish I had my vape, but that's okay. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. I will say this. Hail yourself. Um, live your life, because, again, it's your life. Mm-hmm. These fucking pieces of shit are going to try to take your life, and you laugh in their face, yep. number one. Yep. And then maybe, snick, stick, stick. Fucking give them a little bit of a stab. No. They're trying to take your life. You got to fight for your life. Every day you got to fight for that inch. You got to fight and fight and fight. But you also don't want to Every day you live like your fucking back's against the wall. Well, but then you might be taking someone else's life, so that's... You You want to leave them alone, you know. Come for me, one for one, eye for an eye. But what if... All right, I've read the Code of Hammurabi. Uh, That's the first ever legit set of rules. I don't know if that's true. I don't know what if I'm saying that's true. The the Code of... I remember Code of Hammurabi from high school. Hammurabi? Okay. We had different. We did different levels of teachings in high school. Yeah. And love, because love is evil backwards. That's right. Uh, evil. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone. <laughs> yep. And uh, again, thanks to everyone who came out to uh, support our good friend Jason Signs uh, here in New York City was Arlene's Grocery, and uh, you guys had a nice event in Los Angeles. I don't know. What, I mean, we had a great time. Uh, evidently, Henry was. Uh, someone messaged Henry saying, "Like, are you going to make him cry like Ben did?" I just gave a nice toast to to Jason, and I, I guess people cried. I don't know. 
But, uh, uh, yeah, that scared me. When someone's like, you're going to make him cry like Kissel did? What? I was like, what is Kissel doing? I just said nice is things. Is he just going out there being like, you're not going to make it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you hail soon. Hail Satan. Hail me. Hey, kids, it's Danny Tamborelli, also known as Little Pete from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. And this is Michael C. Morona, a.k.a. Big Pete from the same show. And uh, my name is Jeremy. I produce this podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Mike, on the Last Podcast Network. Hey, JB, can you tell them what it's all about? The Adventures of Danny and Mike is a weekly podcast with equal parts nostalgia, comedy, and surprises. That's right. So check us out on the Last Podcast Network. The Last Podcast, podcast Network. Network. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.